by split decision. Welcome everyone to another episode of Split Decision UK. We're here to talk about all your MMA needs. We've got a big week in the UFC that has just gone by this weekend. My name's Joe. I'm joined uh, over Skype by Matt. How are you doing, Matt? Oh, I'm very well, Joe. How are you, big boy? I'm all right. Yeah, I've been a bit unwell over the last weekend. Again, after after the turmoils that I went through, it's, I'm looking outside now. It's miserable, isn't it? But other than that, I thought we had some good fights at the weekend, so it made up for it. You need to start eating your veg, Joe. I think I don't think you're getting enough. What's going on? God knows, yeah. Just had a real rough couple of weeks. I've never seen a doctor so often in my life. Right, should we crack onto the fights instead then, Joe? Instead of uh, telling us your tales of woe, it was a great night of fights. Where should we start? We can only start at the top, really. What yeah, a shocker. It was a big shock, wasn't it? I wasn't expecting this at all. You look at what Hermanson has done recently. Jack Hermanson it was that lost to JC, Jarrah Cannonier. I mean, you don't really see this coming, did you? you JC, he's had some decent performances isn't he, in in the past. That he's like what ranked fifteen or something. He's right down there in the rankings. Started as a heavyweight, made his way down to light heavy, and now he's finally seems to have found a home at middleweight. And can't argue with that. But yeah, Hermanson, the form he's been on recently, he beat beat Jacare Souza last time out. Most impressive win of his career. He's taken this fight like we kind of discussed last week. He's there's there's not too many pluses for him, but it's in his hometown. He wants to put on a show against someone lower ranked just to get another win under his belt in his home country and it proved devastating in the end because JC came away with a pretty dominating pretty dominating win I would say you know he didn't look out of place in the first round against Jack Comanson who's got all the skills he's got good grappling JC didn't look out of place against any of that and his his power his physicality once it once he starts to get the upper hand as he did in the second round there it's just extremely scary in that weight division yeah, I don't know. I feel a bit silly. We almost we wrote him off completely, didn't we? Gave him no chance. Gave him absolutely no chance, the geezer. He's a problem. He's just a massive problem down at middleweight. A massive being the operative word. He's like you said, he's come down from heavyweight through to light heavyweight, where he's had mixed success to say the least. And he comes down, not a great great name. We sort of wrote off his silver win because silver's about eighty years old these days. <laughs> But he proved everyone wrong, me and you included. So I'm, I'm pleased. There's a bit more injection of a new name into the division, a very thin division at that, which we mentioned last week. And it's all to play for for him at 185. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe we can throw him in against Yoel Romero. I think there's a few fights lined up in that division there. Like I say, a few people are dropping out as well, so there's some spaces opening up. But how about JC reward him with that performance? It's gone... Uh, He's gone away on like away soil, hasn't he? He's travelled halfway around the world to Copenhagen, dominated, put on a cracking display. How about give him your give him your Romero next, stick him on a pay per view, something like that? Well, I think he's definitely got to get an eliminator next. Obviously, we've got a big fight coming this weekend. We've got one in in New York with Gasolum and Till. So all of a sudden, there's about five or six names all vying for that title. Yes, it's a thin division, but it's going to be a hard. Hard one to pick and sort of break down to see who's going to be next. I could probably, you can make an argument for him fighting the winner of Gasolum Till. Um, obviously, Costa's in the running already, doesn't have a fight booked. He will probably be fighting Whitaker or Adesanya himself. Um, but I like the Romero shout. It's a very good one, Joe. I weren't thinking that. I think a lot of people were talking about Romero going up to like heavyweight. I, I can't see it. I think if he was going to do it, he would have done it a couple of years ago now. He don't seem to have a problem making the weight anymore. 
And that's, that's a great fight there. It would be a, a true, true test to see if uh, Cannoneer's elite or not. And for Hermansen, like we have just mentioned, with the d- division thinning, it, thinning out a little bit, and then you've got those four or five fighters at the top, there is a little gap there for Hermansen to just turn it around, get another win under his belt, and he's pretty much back where he was at the start of this week, I would say. Oh, absolutely. But a loss in MMA is nothing like boxing, as the cliche goes. I mean, he's definitely got time to turn it around. That's what happened before. He lost one or two early in his UFC career, went on a bit of a run, and then he was in... They found himself main event in Copenhagen, one one or two away from a title shot. So it can definitely be done. He can learn from it and get back to winning weights. We had a lot of good fights on this card. And we had a fair few Brits. Obviously, it was just over the pond over in Europe. But we had Mark Diakese. You put in a nice decision victory over Landover Natter. He always fights killers, doesn't he, Diakese? But he's managed to turn it around, get two wins on the bounce now. So congratulations to him. But another man who needed it as well was John Phillips, the Welsh wrecking machine. He was in there against Alan Amadovsky. And he absolutely blitzed him in the first round. So, yeah, shout out to John Phillips. He himself was in a little bit of trouble. He's got a new barnet and he, he looks refreshed. He looks revitalised. And when he lands, he, he knocks people out. As simple as that. What is this Alan fella doing, though? Honestly, he just ran at him. <laughs> he started all him with him. He saw a weakness there somewhere. I don't know what. He, he saw it. I don't think anyone else did. <laughs> because it was, it was just playing fire and fire with fire with air. Yes, it was exciting for how long it lasted, but 17 seconds of the craziness and there was only ever going to be one winner there. That is just playing into John Phillips, the Welsh wrecking machine's hands, and he saved his job. So, first win in the UFC. He had a tricky run. This was his fourth fight. He couldn't lose four in a row and get his walking papers. So, massive win for Big Phillips there. We also had a couple of Danes on the card. I mean, we had more than a couple, but there's a couple that I just want to I want to pick out. We had uh, Nicholas Dalby making his return to the USC and I thought put in an outstanding performance against the always dangerous cowboy Oliveira. This went to a decision, but I thought Dalby done well. He wasn't overwhelmed at all. Obviously, he's, he's not new to this. He's, it's a return in, in more than one way, but looked very impressive. Wasn't overawed by it at all. Like I say, he's got a lot of experience under him to come back and fight someone like Cowboy Oliveira in your first fight in your home country as well. I mean, it kind of there's a you can imagine the amount of pressure that he maybe felt under there. But thought Nicholas Dalby put on a very convincing performance and bettered only by his compatriot Mark O. Madsen, the Olympic silver medalist, I believe in Greco-Roman wrestling. I think it is uh, absolutely blitzed Danilo Bellowardo in the first round. And uh, his, his finishing was scary. His wrestling, obviously, the shots that he was landing were scary. But when the st- ref stepped in and pulled him off, the scream, the sort of vi- Viking scream that Marco Madsen gave off there was scary as well. So there's two Danes who put on outstanding shows on the weekend. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know me, Joe. I like the Peruvian necktie. You do. But OSP must be head over heels in love with the Von Flu choke. Another one in the bag at the weekend. It's absolute madness. And they mention it. He's, he's not, people aren't just falling into it now. He's setting it up. He, like, he actually set this one up to, to, to finish it with another Von Flu choke. Amazing. I mean, it's strange the way you can set it up. I'm mean, Obviously, I'm no expert. Um, but from my recollection, a Von Flu choke is capitalising on someone's mistake by having their arm wrapped around their head while they're inside control and you capitalising in that way. The way he's setting it up, though, it's, it's quite a skill, really, and it's got to be lauded. I think it's a brilliant little move to have. He's so big, them shoulders, just digging into him. And what is that, four now, five? I think that's four in the UFC. 
That's insane. That is mental. <laughs> Great move for ISP. I think he was the underdog going into that one, getting a tough opponent out of there, and he just continues to be a name in there. So shout out to OSP in the light heavyweights as well, though. The big man got beat, Joe. Khalil. Your boy, Khalil. Oh, mate. So upset. I was so upset. I was looking forward to seeing Khalil, Khalil Roundtree fight for like six months, ever since his his last visit to the Octagon and that display he put on. I've been looking forward to seeing him get back in there ever since. And I, when he stepped in there this weekend, I was buzzing for it. I thought, yeah, this is kind of a good matchup. He's up against a bit of a, you know, just a bit of a ball in a china shop. And this is going to be perfect for Khalil to work his newfound Thai magic, step around him, dance around him, and just didn't, didn't go to plan at all. Could Salaba. He brought the pain, didn't he? He, he? he thought, right, I'm going to come here and I'm just going to, I'm just going to overwhelm you, and you're not going to get away with it. And he kind of every time he took a leg or he went in for a takedown, I don't think Roundtree dealt with it too well, to be honest. He kind of he tried to punch his way out of certain takedown situations, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't say is recommended. But on the flip side of that, I mean, how impressive is that for the Hulk? He won Kutalaba. Yeah, absolutely. Roundtree, a lot of hype behind him after his couple of recent performances. I do, I do think it showed us a glaring weakness in his wrestling, Roundtree. Definitely, yeah. That, definitely. It's a shame, really, because he's such an exciting fighter. But Kutalaba, as good of a victory it was, he's going to just show the blueprint on how to beat Roundtree. So you've got to worry where he actually goes from here. Hopefully he can go back to the drawing board like he did with his striking. So, but the wrestling might take a little bit longer to, to build up that skill set. But Kutalaba, like you say, great performance for him. Written off again by me and you. We <laughs> picked not great this week. No, but terrible. No, great win for him. I actually watched this one in the pub, and I said to my mate, "This this fellow Roundtree, you watch, he's going to blitz this guy, and he's got taken down and pummeled." So I look like a mug on Saturday because of that reason. <laughs> but uh, any others on there, Joe? Uh, Gilbert Burns beat Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, not, they, not too surprising. No, I'm not. I mean, we mentioned Gunnar Nelson last week, didn't we? He is up and down. We were wondering if he could maybe put a few more fights. All he's got to do is put that that, that cliche, put those three wins together and you're there. Just looked kind of even more unlikely, unfortunately, after the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he's a 165 and that's perfect for him. He's one of them tweeners, as they say, so who can jump into that 165. I think it'd be perfect for him. Unfortunately, I think it might come a little bit too late for him if that division is introduced. But Gilbert Burns, he, he's decent. He goes under the radar. He's... He's good at these late-notice fights as well. I think he had one last time out. So, yeah, it's, it's not a surprising defeat for Nelson. I think it was we alluded to last week. There was one more on the card, Joe. It opened it up. You didn't actually get a chance to see this, unfortunately, because it's on Fight Pass. You've had a bit of beef with Fight Pass in the past. Uh, big, big Jack Tankshaw made his debut and basically kicked on from started how he left off uh, Cage Warriors, just dominating them on the ground. Third round, rear naked choke. He got the back and the mount in the first and the second round. It was third time lucky in the third. Nasty neck crank come rear naked choke and got a victory. Looks absolutely unbelievable. Passed all the tests with flying colours. Welcome to the UFC. Yeah, and we, we've mentioned his level of opponent. We had a quick look at his record last week, didn't we? He hasn't got the greatest record. He's even tried, tried the waters in boxing as well. But, you know, you can't knock that. I think me and you, we're, we're advocates for seeing that a little bit more when you have got such a star in someone like Jack Shaw to give him these sorts of fights is perfectly fine. We're perfectly happy with that. Let him get a couple under his belt and uh, I'm sure he'll continue to put on these sorts of impressive performances and, and until he does get to a certain level opponent, but there's no need to rush him there. Otherwise, congratulations for that for that weekend. Absolutely. Any more, Joe, from there? I can't see many more. 
no, that's it for me from Denmark. Lovely, jubbly. Where should we move on to, Joe? I suppose that moves us swiftly on to some news, maybe, shall I say? Yeah, we'll have a look at a little bit of fight news. There's been a few announcements. We've got some sort of different vibes going on. We've got one that we've been waiting for for a long time. It seems like we almost talk about it every week. But at UFC 245, at last, Usman, Kamara Usman, is coming up against Colby Covington for that welterweight title. It's a fight be it feels like it's been about two years since we've been wanting to see this one. Covington, I think, has deserved his shot for at least two years against one champ or another. But finally, it's coming through, and we don't need to break it down too much now. I think we have done in the past, and certainly we will do once we get closer to the fight. But it's an outstanding fight, isn't it? It's the two best fighters in that division. They've put on the best performances recently, and the styles, the matchup that we're going to get out of this, is just so interesting, I think, and it's just going to be such a kind of dilemma to sit there and watch and see who comes out on top when their styles and their pressure and their, their sort of pace is so similar I'm leaning towards Colby you know don't oh, really? ask me why I just think I am I think what with Usman's injuries and stuff yes he looked absolutely unbelievable against Woodley but Woodley looked half asleep didn't he in that fight yeah he did take, no, take nothing away from the performance of course but I just think uh, Cummington just brings the heat at such a level and such a pace I don't know. I don't, I, I'm leaning towards him at the minute. I wouldn't be surprised either way, of course. And it's such a difficult one to to pick on and to break down because the styles are so similar almost. But I am leaning towards uh, your man, Colby. Yeah, no, I think I am as well. And I think all round it would just be a bit more entertaining if Colby won, to be honest. I don't think Usman brings too much. I think his manager's a bit of a dick, so... There you go. Someone who's not going to be fighting, BJ Penn, he did have a fight lined up, didn't he? Got into a little bit of trouble outside of the octagon and Dana White pulled him from that fight and said he was never going to fight again. I mean, we always like to take what Dana says with a little pinch of salt, but it turns out this time he was telling the truth because BJ Penn has officially been released from the UFC, so he'll probably be rocking up in Bellator or, or somewhere like that soon. Well, it's about time, isn't it? I mean, like you say, we say we take what Dana says with a pinch of salt. Um, I think this probably is the end this time. I mean, he hasn't won a fight in about nine years. So, yeah, it's while. about time. What more can you say? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. But uh, something else announced, Yair Stevens, they're going to run it back. Obviously, they fought for about 15 seconds and not very much came of it. But they're back in Boston this time. So Stevens was saying, yeah, you poke me in the eye now. You're going to have to come back and fight me in my homeland in a sort of partisan crowd in Boston and it turns out he's correct so there's a slightly different dynamic for Yair going into this one in many ways it's probably one of the best things that could have happened to him that first fight ending like it did there's a much more intrigue certainly from my perspective I mean I was looking forward to it before anyway but now there's there's so many more different angles on it isn't there so I think it's a great addition to that card I think it loses a beaten Calvin Qatar so this is the perfect replacement another featherweight bout it's going to be a cracker don't expect it to kick off again, I reckon. Yeah, I think so, definitely. I think there's been a little bit of kerfuffle. Even now, there seems to be news trickling out again about that last sort of encounter they had last week. So, yeah, I think it'll be quite spicy. Oh, yes. Anything more, young man? No, I mean, we have got the Safawa this week. It is your turn. The Simon Safarov Award for Outstanding Achievement. Do we have any outstanding contenders to go with this week? Well, Joe, I've noticed uh, you've had a rough couple of weeks. You're a bit under the weather. 
the actual weather's pony. It is. So I've got to go for something uh, a little bit more positive this week. Obviously, every week we go for something a bit naughty or a bit nice. It depends how we're feeling. So we're going to go for something a little bit nice this week. I'm going to keep it all positive. I like it. Uh, apart, from, apart from this one to open with, <laughs> not so much not positive. Uh, just uh, Did you catch Bellator on Channel 5 on Friday night? It was in Ireland. I saw little snippets of it. I don't, I don't, Bellator, just in general, I want to give a little shout out to the MVP matchup. <laughs> yeah. You can't help but say, oh, I love to watch MVP. Anytime he fights is a great, great viewing pleasure of mine. But he's up against this fella, Richard Keeley, 3 and 1. MVP's 14 and 1. That's your first issue. Yeah. The second one, when Richard Keeley's coming out, wearing a pair of cycling shorts. Right. Say, so, and you've got, you've got the commentators, they're bigging him up, like, trying to make this sound like it's like a rocky story it's an underdog story sort of thing they're saying he is an office manager for the national library in here in ireland <laughs> by day and at night he's trying to beat michael venom page and stuff i was like oh my god and then out comes michael venom page and just completely destroys the geezer i mean it paints such a bad picture this is in ireland as well the the office manager's hometown, <laughs> yeah. getting absolutely pummeled by Michael Venom Page. Venom Page at the end, great on the Michael. He's like, oh, I already trained for this geezer. I've been on holiday. I want to fight Douglas Lima. So, yeah, it, I thought it was just a really poor showing for Bellator. They're trying to crack the UK, European market, and then they put on a, a complete mismatch like that. Yes, I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to highlight how good Venom Page is, but you could do it against someone who's better than three and one and is a as a librarian. Yeah, I think uh, I think I agree with you there. <laughs> Let's move on a bit more positive though. <laughs> yeah. I want to say John Phillips. We said it before. His first win in the UFC, seventeen seconds, ridiculous KO, knocked him spark out. Definitely a, a shout out to him. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. Jack Shaw as well. He passed the test, opened the the card in Copenhagen. A couple of Welshies. A couple of one-two Welshies. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Definitely passing their prospective tests. But I'm going to give it to Nicholas Delby. Yeah, I think he's a previous winner as well. So this is uh, the two-time winner, Nicholas Delby. I mean, you got to think back just a couple of years. He was out of the UFC, loses his first fight back in Cage Warriors. Goes on to a bad place. He's, he's depressed. And then he goes on this magnificent run, becomes the Cage Warriors champion. And he makes his return, in a winning return, in the UFC in Copenhagen. So, against a tough guy as well, in Cowboy Oliveira. Oh, absolutely. against it. And it's just a phenomenal victory and a phenomenal return, really. So, the so far goes to him, Joe, this week. Shout out Nicholas Dalby. I think, yeah, you're, you're right. He's a two-time winner, so congratulations to that man. Brilliant weekend. Okay, then, sir, I think that moves us on to the big card, the pay-per-view event for the USC that we've got in Australia this coming weekend. I mean, it is a pay-per-view. You'd expect it to be stacked, and there's a few names. We've had a fight drop out, a big name, but otherwise it isn't that stacked, really, is it? The main event is just absolutely out of this world. It's one of the best fights you'll probably see this year, so we may as well start there, I think. Yeah, but... what? It is a really bad card for a pay-per-view, isn't it? I mean, I don't know what these non-American countries have done wrong <laughs> to get these bad cards. A couple of months ago, you had Canada, didn't you? Yes, yeah. A one-fight card, maybe two with Cyborg. And then the Australia comes along, and they've got exactly the same. Fantastic main event. 
decent, co-main, and the rest are all a bit meh. So, yeah, something something not quite right there, Joe. I don't know if this new deal with ESPN has something to do with it, but that's that's not my area. That's not my remit. I'm here to talk about the the main main event with you, it's a, and it's a cracker. It is a cracker, isn't it? What are your early thoughts? Well, who do you think's the favourite going into it? I think I think Whitaker's a slight favourite. I think just because of his body of work, the, the level of competition he's fought and beat. Yeah, you'd be right. Whitaker is eight to eleven at the moment. Bobby Knuckles, you get evens for Adesanya. So this is Adesanya's obviously first kind of tilt at this level, isn't it? So this shows how highly rated he is. Seventeen and zero, and at his first crack, he's an evens evens chance. I mean, I just think it's a brilliant fight. I think it's a brilliant fight all round. If you look at Kelvin Gastelum against Adesanya, I mean, you're not going to get too much different in this fight, and we all know what a fight that was, because I think Whitaker brings a fairly similar style to Gastelum. The only thing is, I think when you look at the adversity that Whitaker has been through in the past, you look at the people he's beat, and you look at some of the sort of the punishment and, like I say, adversity, injuries mid-fight that he's had to come up against and overcome... I just think that makes it, for me, it makes it kind of impossible to look past Robert Whittaker in pretty much any fight you put him in at the moment. Obviously, there's quite a, there's a fairly big asterisk there, I would say, because of the injuries that Whittaker has had. And I think if you look at this fight, I think this has even been delayed once or twice, or I think Whittaker, he might have been slated to fight someone else and he's had to pull out. But he's always injured, basically. So my only sort of caveat would be at some point, you've got to expect something like that to catch up with him but then you look at Whitaker's last fight and I think he busted his knee in like the first round and he still managed to go another 20 odd minutes with Romero and come out with the with a decision on to to his favor so yeah I mean Adesanya brilliant isn't he what he can do striking wise and then what he proved in that last fight against Gastelum to overcome a fight that he, at, at points he was probably losing and he managed to still come away with it and get the win I think that's cr- all credit to him I just find it very difficult to see how Whitaker won't overwhelm him with his pressure, with his grappling, with his strikes, with his kicks, with his with his all round game, I, fi- I find it difficult to see how Adesanya is going to deal with that at, his, at what is basically his, his first attempt. Yeah, but I agree with everything you say there. Uh, playing devil's advocate a little bit. Every time Adesanya fights, he gets a new challenge thrown his way that he's never been exposed to, and he, he seems to pass it with flying colours every time. Uh, you look at a Gastelum fight, he usually come over adversity, he got come over knockdown, showed his ground game was was there, he has one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and that he can sort of turn it on in like the fifth round. How key was that fifth round? Oh, amazing. I mean, he, for someone so new to the MMA, I mean, he's experienced to the hilt with striking and combat sports, but in MMA, to go somewhere like that with, with Gastelum into a dark place like that in the fifth round, and he come out on top. He, he overwhelmed Gastelum, who's who's a monster, really. So, yeah, it's a, such a difficult one to pick. The fact that Adesanya's been active should probably play into his favour. I mean, when was Whitaker last in there? It must be last summer, I want to say. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think the fight you're talking about, he's meant to fight Gastelum, and he had that really... That's it, wasn't it? Yeah. Horrible injury, uh, sort of... Intestinal or something like that. Life-threatening, life-threatening yeah. injury. On the, on the eve of the fight so yeah hopefully he's over that it seems to be out of his life and he's fully back uh, on training if social media is anything to go by he seems to be in a good place with regards to the actual fight I think it's a great matchup though really I do I think this striker versus striker 
a huge reach advantage for Adesanya with the hands, but with the feet, it's pretty identical. I could see Robert Whitaker using his kicks a lot more. Very, very well versed in that aspect of his game. But if it's me, I mean, I might just be a massive pussy here, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll just, I'll just wrestle Adesanya if I was Whitaker and just beat him up on the ground. I mean, he's got... Isn't he on the Australian wrestling team for the Commonwealth Games? Or he was slated to be in that? I mean, I know Australia aren't exactly one of the greatest wrestling nations in the world. But even so, to be represented in, or had the chance to represent them at Commonwealth level, it's got to say something for his wrestling, and it's better than Adesanya's. And we know how well good Whitaker is on the ground. Do you think that would be a good idea? I think it would be, yeah, definitely a brilliant idea. I think it's one of those things, isn't it? One, it's not... It's not Whitaker's base, so it's probably not his natural instinct to go to that. And then two, you've got that kind of tough guy image, like, no, I'm going to stand and bang, I'm going to fight you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wrestle you. Which, you know, I don't think Whitaker's someone who will fall victim to that. But yeah, I think it definitely, as a strategy, when you're looking to the sort of easiest route, if if we can call it that, the easiest path to victory, that may well be it. Well, I saw him. Well, his coach compare. Whitaker to um, a better version of GSP, which I think is a fair assessment. Not maybe not better, but uh, he's Similar. good in all aspects of the game, basically. Yeah. And what what was GSP best at? His intelligence. He knew how to break down a fight, strategize a fight, and he used to take fighters to places where they had the least chance of winning. You look at the Dan Hardy fight. Striker takes him down and beats him up. Koscheck, wrestler keeps it standing and jabs his face off. That's that's the way GSP worked and was so successful for so long. I, I think, from my humble opinion, for whatever that's worth, which ain't a lot, as you well know, <laughs> I, I, I think it'd be good if he stood for a couple of minutes and then just sort of mixed in with some takedowns. And I think if he be, if he could take Adesanya to the ground, which, which is probably likely, he could beat him up and he could win pretty handily here, I, I believe. There you go. Interesting then. Yeah, so I think, I mean, it's worth noting that we are big fans of Rob Whitaker. I think you are kind of technically best friends. You've met him out there in Australia before. So there's a little bit of bias there. But yeah, both both rooting for Bobby Knuckles there. Yes, I've met him once. So we're obviously best buds. That's it. That's it. That's all it takes. But I've actually got a mate coming over from Australia who introduced us once. Uh, on Thursday, I think he's coming in, and he wants to watch the fight live. And I don't think he understands that <laughs> pubs aren't open at four thirty in the morning, <laughs> and no one watches the UFC here unless it's Conor McGregor. So it's, I'm, I'm having trouble trying to find a place to watch it. Uh, casinos are the only option at the minute, yes. so yeah, I, I have to. I might have to watch this live at four thirty a.m. on Saturday. Nice well, Sunday, actually, in a casino. So the offer's there, Joe. If you fancy. <laughs> After the couple of weeks I've had, I think I might just keep it a little bit quieter. I wouldn't mind if the card was half decent. Yeah. But... <laughs> Stay up all that time for the one fight at 7 o'clock. Yeah, poked in the eye after 15 seconds. <laughs> you imagine. We might but yeah, that, that is my pick. I think he's going to get a ground and pound stoppage. He might even head kick him down to the ground and dominate a little bit on the floor and then finish him off. Second round, TKO. Oh, gone early. Gone early. Like. I like it. So we have got a few more. Co-main, Ally Quinter up against Dan Hooker. Uh, very, very close in the odds here. Dan Hooker's odds on 4-6. Ayer Quinter, 11-10. I like both of these men. They've got similar styles to each other in a way as well. Similar sort of mentalities. 
I don't know. I think I think I might fancy Hooker to get the job done in his home country with all that support behind him. I'll go with Dan Hooker at four or six. Another... Yeah, I think the the fact that he's got the crowd behind him and all that, and the fact that Ally Quinn has got to do that travelling. I mean, I don't know how early before the fight they'll go out there, but it's got to take a toll, isn't it? I mean, you're out of your routine. You lose pretty much two days, three days of your life out, out of sync. But I think that's a decent price, though, having said that, for Ally Quinn. I think he is probably, pound for pound, better than Hooker. But you throw in the other factors, and it does become a bit more of an even playing field. I don't really know who I'd pick just yet, but that should be a decent one. Fair enough. And we've also uh, tied to Avassa in the heavyweights up against Sergei Spivak, who lost to Walt Harris on his UFC debut last time out. That was his only loss. He's 19-1 and with his record. He's up against Taito Avasa, who's obviously looking to make a bit of a bounce back himself. Uh, two Avasa, you're not going to get great odds here. One to four on for two Avasa. Five to two Spivak, if you fancy the uh, underdog to turn it around. Yeah, funny one. Oh, two Avasa, isn't he? And he just can't seem to put it together. One to four. I don't like them odds, Joe. Ne- never bet on a heavyweight at one to four. No. Believe me. Yeah, definitely. But... I do have a couple of little accumulators that I put on. I was looking at our betting partner, Paddy Power, earlier, scrolling through the list of odds they've got. And we've got Holly Home against Raquel Pennington. That has been called off for everyone that was looking forward to that. Holly Home was obviously trying to return to the scene of her most famous victory, the, the moment that changed her life forever. She's had to pull out for an injury. Uh, but how about this accumulator, Matthew? I've got Bob Whitaker, Dan Hooker, Taito Avassa, and Jake Matthews, who's fighting on the undercard. So that's an all-Australian win there. Not massive. 3.8 to 1. With the 1 to 4 2 of Asser in there as well. What do you think? How much are you putting on that? I mean, you're going to have to put a bit of, bit of a few pennies yeah, on that well, one, aren't you? I was thinking maybe that's a little stick of tenner on that. You get you end up with about 50 quid with your tenner back. Who's Matthews got? Jake Matthews is fighting Rostam Ackman, who's 6 and 1. Who's six and one? I've never heard of him. So yes, <laughs> get Matthews in that hacker. Listen, I think it's a good shout. I think the, obviously the, the dangerous one is the main event. It's such a diff, difficult one to pick. You go for the home advantage there, Joe. Stick a score on it. Got a chance. I do have another little one as well, which is there's only two in this one, but you almost get the same odds. So this is if you think the main event might turn out a little bit differently, you fancy a bit of Israel. I've thrown Il, uh, Al Iaquinta in there as well. You get 3.2 to 1 for that. So only 0.6 off of that, that other one. And you've only got a bank on two fighters in this. So this might be a little bit more to your liking. Al Iaquinta, Adesanya double, 3.2 to 1. But that's the beauty of these two fights. that are, I know it's a top-heavy car, but they are two great ones at the top. But you have no idea who's going to win, really. I mean, they could go either way. Yeah, you wouldn't definitely. be surprised either way. Pickums, as I say. Yeah, Pickums. Couple of Pickums, guy. But yeah, both good hackers. Obviously, what's going to happen is everything else. Will win. Yeah, you'll get three out of four and one out of two. So yeah, that's what's going to happen. But yeah, I can guarantee the UFC are gagging for Adesanya to win this one. Oh, Absolutely gagging. Big time. Yeah, big time. I mean, Whitaker nowhere near gets the credit he deserves. I think he's rated by everyone, but because he's such a mild mannered softly spoken, don't talk shit kind of guy. Adesanya's, yes, he's a nice guy and everything, but he talks shit, he, he dresses loudly, he's just... Likes the word cunt. He's got, he, yeah, he does. <laughs> Who doesn't? He's, he's got the X factor, in he? So yes. Yeah, yes. If he wins here, it's, 
it's off to the races, as to they the say. Races. So, That's it. Away they go. And he, he's probably the new star, if he wins, to be honest. I mean, who else is there at the minute? They're struggling for big names. Yes, you've got Masvidal, Diaz and all of that, both at the back end of their career. Colby's proper trying hard, but he's probably never <laughs> going to get over, is he? And with, with Adesanya as well, he's got two markets, hasn't he? He's got the African market, he's got the Australasian market. And with all his kind of style bender stuff, I think that originates from some kind of Japanese cartoon. So he's he's kind of got a little bit for every uh, a little bit for everyone. Obviously, Americans they sort of love all that as well, don't they? In Europe, in the UK as well, we, we, we've even taken a shine to him. We like someone who's brutally honest as well. So yeah, if it, Adesanya could be he, he could be the main man if he starts dominating this division. Obviously, you've got to have the performances as well, don't you? And if Adesanya puts you know wins this weekend, defends it a couple of times. I think you'll be in a stage where a year to 18 months, Adesanya will be the main man for the USC. His face will be on the computer game a lot. Absolutely. So this just shows you what a massive fight this is for both men, both men's legacies, the future of the division, future of the UFC in many ways, but with the faces, the current faces all getting a bit older and dropping off. And this is a chance for someone to take that spot. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Joel. I weren't overly infused for this little chat. So I'm, You've got me buzzing. <laughs> well, I'm glad I can. Other than that, I think we'll uh, bring this one to the close. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, Matthew, as it is every week. And uh, we have got our, obviously, we're going to USC 244. Absolutely buzzing with that. It's just over four weeks away now. We've got the flights booked up. So we just need to get a hotel and a visa, actually, so that Donald lets us in the country. But other than that, we're ready and rocking. Oh, big Donald, he'll be fine. <laughs> But yeah, as I say, thank you very much for listening. We are Split Decision UK. You can search for us that for under that name on Twitter and Instagram, uh, on iTunes. Leave a comment or a review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We'll be here same time next week to review that good card in Australia that we've got coming up, and we'll see how Bobby Knuckles gets on against Adesanya, who, like we say, could could absolutely teleport his career into megastardom from here. But other than that, have a good week. We'll see you next time. Bye, lads.